This is Ethnic Stew, a new podcast on race and ethnic relations from the standpoint of parents and grandparents of biracial children. Here are your hosts, John Gladden, J.P. Kendall, and Jill Kendrick. Yazd is a fascinating Iranian city, 300 miles south and east of the capital of Tehran, a UNESCO World Heritage Site known for its unique Persian architecture, time-honored confectionaries, and badgers, or wind towers, rising above thousands of adobe roofs dotting one of the oldest cities on Earth. Over a million residents call this desert city home. So why did a husband and wife, one an engineer, the other an architect, decide to leave this ancient city of random tea houses and exquisite tile work to move 7,000 miles away to the small town of Manchester, Tennessee? Well, back in the summer of 2015, my wife and I moved to southern middle Tennessee to be closer to her parents and to our two grandchildren. We rented an apartment in Manchester while we house hunted, and that's where we met Omid and Amy. The night I introduced myself was because I was concerned about terrorists. Omid isn't going to be able to be with us. He was in a meeting. He sounds like he is very, very busy. He's very busy. You have no idea. Oh, he's working for this huge company called ASMO. The headquarter is located in Netherlands, and they have offices in Wilton and in California, in San Jose. And your schooling... Actually, I'm third year now. So I'm a student at UConn right now. I, I started in community colleges here, and both in New Haven and Norwalk, and transferred to UConn last semester. I'm just really excited to have Amy on because I love her family and we met them. Thank you so much. And it was what, six weeks before Ava was born? That's interesting how you remember that. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was very pregnant at the time. Very. (laughs) It's such a thing. And she was a walker. I noticed her because I would see this. This thing walking you down. Can say, the... You can say it. You can say it. It's called the waddle. You can yes. say it. <laughs> she was out that's waddling. Okay, that's, yeah. Yes. You can say it. It's the fa- it is a fact. That's what happened. But no, there's not. No, it's beautiful. No. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It was in July, and so it was really hot. So on the, on the decent days, she'd be out walking during the day. At night, she and Omen would be walking, and they were in an apartment above us. In the evenings, I would sit out on on the little balcony, we were on the first floor and they would walk by. And I remember the date. I don't. (laughs) And it's a funky way because it was July 16th of 20. How do you remember that? Because that's when that terrorist shooting was in Chattanooga. Oh. This knucklehead from Kuwait of Palestinian Jordanian parents with mental problems and drug and alcohol problems shot into uh, two military uh, recruitment offices in Chattanooga. Okay, I remember that now. Ended up killing four people. Yes, and I remember that. So I was sitting out, you know, playing a game on my phone and Amy and Omid walked up. I got up and I just said, hey, uh, we haven't met, but I hope the stuff that happened in Chattanooga isn't reflecting poorly on you. And what I was what I was trying to say was and I was stumbling all over myself. I hope you're not taking shit from anybody, yeah. you know, because you ain't from around here. Amy introduced herself and we became good friends. Yeah, 
And later on, we became family. Yeah. You and Melinda has been. I cannot describe that. Well, you have been better than family to us. And both sets of parents have, have told us that we are family and we are invited anytime. But that's not going to be easy, I'm sorry. <laughs> because of the political situation. My, my dad still asks about you guys. Are they planning on coming anytime soon? <laughs> it's a real tough time there. I mean, it seems like the economy it's not getting is better. rough. It's not getting better. When was the last time you were, you were back home? During summer. I stayed there for eight weeks. Were I were there? home. I'm from a, a city called Yazd, Y-A-Z-D, which is geographically located at the center of the country. Omid graduated from uh, probably the best school in Iran. All of his classmates, uh, except two of them, Omid and one of his friends, immigrated to United, whether United States or Australia or Canada for higher education. So he always thought about it, that he's left there. He was looking for the opportunity. And I think most of the people like us who come here to United States or to Canada for a better education. That's it. And it's actually the easier way for us. Because nowadays, there is no other way that you can get a visa. Wow. Except wow. you have an admission from a good university. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Hey, JP, is there, a, is there a way you can turn up your microphone? Sure. Usually, I, t- I keep telling him that I shut up, but, <laughs> you know. How's that? Is that better? My uh, I'm having issues with my uh, Mac right now. I um, got hacked, and I went in and did a bunch of changing, and I've screwed this, that, and the other. But the climate, the way things are, I can't really say I understand it, but it's just a tragedy in this today in this society and all the advancements that we've made in things that our relations are like this. Even in this in this country, I mean, black people, you know, cops are putting their knees on the back of our necks. The uh, Asian people are being attacked. Jewish people are being attacked. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's really heart sickening some days that you sit and, you know, you can go one or two ways. You can think into the despair or you can do like what John did with you all to reach out and try to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't take much to be decent to somebody, you know. I hope things work out well for you all in this country. Thank you so much. Amy, how long have you been here? How long have you guys been in the United States? It's been seven years now. Has it been more, John? Yeah. No, it's been seven years. I, I don't know. when. when it's you probably live... been seven years, three months, 14 days, and 22 hours. <laughs> well, when they lived above us, it seemed like forever. But um... <laughs> You should have been living uh, below us right now. Ava is going to gymnastics, and she's doing all these gymnastics moves all the time. And uh, these ceilings are so thin. We can hear when people walk upstairs, every step oh we can God. hear it. Imagine Ava doing gymnastics. <laughs> Isn't that something when, you know, the kids are that little, I mean, my son and his friends, you know, they come over and you say, come here. And they walk, you know, they're coming towards you and they'll do three cartwheels coming to you, you know, they just, <laughs> and they just do it so effortlessly. They go, what do you want? You know, after they just walk around the house and doing handstands and flips and everything. And I'm like, my, you're making me tired just looking at you. Well, last century, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the troubles that we go through because of the process of getting visa and not being able to. John knows partly what I went through myself, mostly because I was all alone and my mom couldn't come because she couldn't get the visa. Mm. I was really bad after. Yeah, I got a really bad postpartum depression. 
Yeah. Melinda ended up being a halfway decent surrogate mom for you. Exactly. But you know, at the beginning, just the feeling that I'm all alone. I didn't know yeah. that you you guys are going to be there for me. You know what though? You I always feel like, I feel like almost, I sort of feel like you were exactly where you were supposed to be. They were going to yeah. be that family for you that you, if you would have been somewhere else, you might not have had the exact same experience, yeah. but you were exactly, exactly where you were supposed to be at that time. And That's what I, I don't know if you know Melinda or not. I you don't know. We've never met. Yeah. We've never met. She is the most kind hearted hearted person ever. I know she likes animals because she buried John, so yeah. John, John won't even let us see her on a Zoom meeting. No. We haven't even been introduced to her. She's gotta be a kind woman. Look who she married to. <laughs> Did you have any idea of the bad feelings that uh, some U.S. citizens had for Iranians? I had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't expect that. You know, the image that you have from your people in your mind is, right. is right. obviously very different. Right. And I have never lived out of my country, so I didn't expect that. Where we lived together, we had neighbors who I would say hi to and they wouldn't say hi back. Mercy. Oh, my goodness. That's horrible. I know... Um... My son, who's in the military, he's in the Air Force, and he said one of the um, places that he and his wife were treated so badly, of course, his wife is, he's half Mexican and half Puerto Rican, and then, and my son's biracial, and he almost has a Middle Eastern look to him, because he wears his hair real short, and he's got a, a lighter complected person, but he's tan. You would think he's, like I said, a Middle Eastern person, but he uh, said that when he was in Italy, it was the worst that they were ever treated by people. Wow. They would come up to them and greet them. And once they heard their American accent, he said that he had his wife and him had, had waiters just walk away. And they were like, hello. Or they totally ignored them. They would go to buy things to get them rung up. They wouldn't even take their money. Wow. And my granddaughter, my eldest granddaughter was born in Italy. And I was really surprised. And he said, of course, it wasn't like that everywhere. And, and like it is here. It's not everywhere. You know, a lot of. But boys. I have friends who live in Netherlands, in in Switzerland, everywhere in Europe. And they are open to right. some ideas like sexuality and stuff. Right, right. But when it comes to the racism, because there are not as many immigrants there right. as there are in the United States, they're not familiar with the idea, you know. Iranian, as, as I know them, me, myself, before you move to the United States, everybody thinks that here is a euphoria. Right. This right. is the image that everybody has from the United States. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's and really I cannot interesting even... to hear you say that because it's so not for most people. Yeah. You and know? you know, and the people here think that based on what they see on media, right. okay, exactly. they think that everybody in the Middle East, especially in Iran, hate America. No. No, it's no. not. It's not the case at all. Okay, no. I myself, if I have a problem here, I cannot complain even to my own family. They would say, "You're living in the United States. What are you talking about?" A lot of people do not understand that that the middle. Because my son was over in Iraq. And he said, "Dad, it's not the people over there. That's what the media shows, and it's part of the American media's fault too, because they help portray that image, because." 
when they go and talk to the people, it's not like that at all. You mentioned the, the, the media. Think about American entertainment, how it has fostered, uh, I'll just come out and say it, prejudices. Yeah. You know, when was the last time on a TV show there was an Iranian who is a business person? Right. You know, or a lawyer. No, it's always somebody who is a working terrorist. working a for yeah. working yeah. for the Revolutionary Guard. Yeah. You know, yes. And, or and plant, plant bombs and all that. Right. Yeah, a, a, co- a covert operation. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. The funny thing is that when you look back at all the terrorist attacks that happened in the United right. States only, you cannot find one Iranian person. Right. Right. You cannot. I, I did this. I'm not saying sure. this out of you. I, I did this. I did up. And I couldn't find it. I, yeah, and you know, it's because these stereotypes are made by media. And I don't blame people for it. Never. Like yeah. last week, as I told you, my daughter goes to this, this gymnastics class. And she found a very good friend there. And her mom told me, okay, let's have a play date together. And I said, okay, yeah, of course, why not? And she didn't know where I am from. Okay. So yeah, the, it was two weeks ago. So we saw them last week and we were talking about the play date that we are going to have. And uh, I get to talking about my background and she asked me where you're from. And I said, from Iran. And she said, Oh, and that was it. That was it. She yeah. didn't say anything. And like yeah. five minutes, five minutes later, she told me oh, about the play date. Let me text you about it. Oh, that breaks my heart. That, that breaks my heart. That breaks it, it doesn't. Heart. It doesn't break mine. Believe me, it does not break mine <laughs> because I I do not blame her. How many Iranian people does she know in her life? Right. Exactly. It just makes me sad. You know, that she thinks you know what happens in yeah. her mind. I know that. I know what happens. She yeah. thinks what if one in a million this person is gonna bring be a danger to my family. Yeah, that's what she's okay. thought. Yeah, and that's what she's brainwashed. You, you Iranians are so clever and inscrutable. You know what? We're going to sneak this woman into a, a, a gymnastics class. <laughs> and then we're going to, they, they even have their kids. They even have their kids doing this. Well, um, you know, she's going to put bombs in the cupcakes or something. You know? <laughs> Well, I think it's great that you have. I think it's great that you have that thought process, and that it doesn't shade how you feel about that person for being so transparent in her thoughts. You know, if it was five, six years ago, I would be offended. I have had the chance to know a hundred American people. Okay, so just one person is not going to, you know, change what the image that I have in mind. Right. I've ran into the same thing. Matter of fact, I've ran into it several times with my son, JJ. Like I said, he almost looks like he might be Hispanic or, like I said, maybe Middle Eastern, very likely collected. I've seen pictures of him, and I would have said right. Mediterranean. Because yeah, Mediterranean. it could be Greek. It, right, you know, exactly. it could be you know Jordanian. It could be right. Libyan. It could be French or, or Spanish. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to use those labels? Yeah, like, yeah. wouldn't it be well, nice if we didn't have to say, oh, Amy is so nice. I, my kids play with her. Oh, did you know she's Iranian? Or, you know, like with me, John and JP have heard some of the stories. But when I was first with my now ex-husband, I had people come up to me and say horrible things. I didn't know those people from anywhere. They don't know me from yeah. anywhere. 
And they made a judgment because who I was sitting at a table having dinner with. And I was big and pregnant. And a lady told me I was going to hell. Wow. You know, for just, just on a, on a visual, if you don't know me, you don't know that you don't know who I am. You don't know the kind of person I might be your very best friend in the whole world. You didn't give me the opportunity because you judged me before you based on, yeah, based on, based on just something that you think, you know, and when you said that, have you guys watched look up or that movie? I did. Look, that thing blows my mind. I've always known the media shades things, but the fact about, and I know the movie was a movie, but the fact that they so shaded the information and how the information could be blocked and you're not even getting anything true. I think you always know that it's manipulated, but watching that movie was incredible to me. I don't, I'm not, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a movie with it, that an asteroid's coming and um, a person from like Michigan, University of Michigan finds it. It's going Scientist. to hit the earth. And they go to talk to the president and she's too busy to be bothered because she has another issue. And she says, oh, we'll look into it and get back to you. And they're like, we don't have time. And they try to get on all these news outlets and everybody makes light of it, changes the scope of what they're trying to talk about in their the time they do get the interview. And they like mock them like it's a joke. Oh, we hear about these all the time. And the news people really controlled the total narrative. Of course they did. We know it from the political stuff we've seen. We know it. But when you see it on this big screen TV, well, it wasn't a big screen because I was watching on the TV, but it just was bizarre to me. I know it happens, but watching the scope of it was crazy to me that, and you think all these people just buy into it. Oh, we don't have to worry. It's not going to hit us. And then, yeah, it did. (laughs) Well, and part of that is because media is profit driven and humans are short sighted. Try and get somebody to think about something like uh, global warming and the fact that you have to do, there are certain things that can be done now that you're not going to see a result for quite a while. I mean, people, they want, damn it, they want their results right now. I was just going to go back to what I was saying earlier about the situation. I understand how she feels because it was like when my son was younger, his mom, of course, being white, people would see them and they would talk about the play date and thing like that. And then I would walk up and it's like, who's this? And JJ would be crawling all over me, dad, dad, dad. And like you say, the play date would go away or the party. Well, we haven't decided what day we're going to have the party, which they told him was going to be Saturday. And within a matter of moments, they're not sure whether they're going to have it Saturday or not. You know, that type of thing. You learn. But, you know, the way I look at it and the way I told Marta and the way I always read JJ, it took you something like that hopefully you open your eyes and don't be mad at that person for showing you who they are you just found out now as opposed to later that person if they're going to be that shallow you just saved your possible heartache from later when you got to know them and be friends with them if they're going to be like that you just saved your time well yeah that's true <laughs> you know and the and the bizarre thing the kids have no idea no, right. I mean, thank God. The kids love everybody. That, that exactly. actually is the main thing that worries me, you know, because yes. I had my own identity when I came to this country. But right. my child is going to identify herself based on the feedbacks that she gets from society. My daily challenge with myself is that how can I protect my child? Or in or maybe I shouldn't, because she's I, a non-white child in this community. She has to learn that. 
at some I point. I sort of have a feeling. I sort of have a feeling, Amy, that she's going to be just fine. I yeah. sort of do. I feel. Well, I, I don't know. I hope so. You through here, you know. But I just as a parent, like, you know that. The, yeah, you're worried about your child all the way. Even now, and my I, kids I are can 32 just and 30. Yeah, my kids are 32 and 30, and I worry. So yeah, I get it. But I, I feel like for my kids, I used to say, my kids would say they were brown. And that was just how they identified. And I would just tell them, you know, you are who you are. You are perfectly made. Right. No matter what, you are perfectly made. No matter what, you are loved. Don't let somebody else define who you are. Yeah. You are you. Perfectly and I you. Was, I always told my son, you were black, but you were chosen. And hopefully by you being part black and being part white, maybe you can help the world understand that yeah. people are good from both sides. You shouldn't fight because you're good from both sides. I said, you got the best of everything from both sides. So exactly. Being proud of yourself is still in that pride into him it's, and any child. And, and that's why I always looked at the thing with children is I think it's everybody's responsibility to try to raise children right. So I always, no matter what, try to give children a positive outlook. And at this point in the conversation, the fire alarm in Amy's building sounded, so we signed off. We'll hear more from her in podcast episode three. Somebody got word we were having a podcast and they wanted to put That's it into right. it. That's <laughs> right. How nice it was that she's just beautiful and so kind and smart. You realize she's a great human. Yeah, she's got a good vibe about her, even looking through this silly thing. And to make a move like that. It's courageous. Exactly. From completely different backgrounds. And then you look at her daughter and we're worried about her daughter. And I'm thinking to myself, I have no doubt that child's going to be perfectly fine because she has her for a mother. (laughs) If your mom is strong and courageous and right independent and free thinking and willing to take a risk chances are your child's going to be that yep well and i was telling jp that omid her husband is this gentle gentle man this was the summer before the girls moved in with us but they would come to visit and when omid heard that they were going to be there he would say, give me 10 minutes, bring them up. And he had the table set with soft drinks and candies. Also, oh, cool. you know, so he, th- there's a guy that's, he's not the wild eyed, you know, Iranian yeah. that Hollywood likes to uh, portray. The more I think about it, the more I think Hollywood really has done for as uh, left leaning as so many people say they are, they have uh, done an awful lot to harm the way we look at the rest of the world i think oh really and truly if you guys get a chance watch that show affected me in a way i did not expect to be affected i feel like there are a few different kind of storylines going on with it but i guess i i have known that the media does a lot of finagling of information but to watch it just be dismissed when it's something that everyone needed to know about but the media is so so easily manipulated and they so easily manipulate on their right. own. Right. It's funny because I was gonna I was gonna tell this story with when we had Amy. Amy on, but she is too young to remember the revolution in Iran. I thought it was interesting that the government has done a pretty good job of erasing uh, certain parts of uh, the 78 79 revolution 
because I mentioned specific leaders of the, of the revolution who would have been the George Washington of the revolution. Right. She and her husband don't know. We're not at all familiar with the names. Wow. So that's just so sad. But while, while that was going on, so this must actually, this must have been in, in 80 because I was at Purdue and this is just a classic to me instance of how easily the, the media can be manipulated. I was sitting in the union, <laughs> uh, I'm sure skipping a class. Well, and, I'm surprised you know, I didn't see you there because that's where I was. <laughs> reading the uh, Purdue Exponent and in the, in the little personals ads, it says, come on out against Khomeini tonight at eight o'clock at the fountain. And at the time I was doing afternoon news on Z96 and going to school. So I called the news director and I said, I read this, please don't say anything on the air about it, but I'll cover it. Well, it was a slow news day. He went ahead and said on the air, there are going to be protests on campus tonight, blah, 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 blah. So I get to the fountain at eight o'clock and there are probably 50, 75 guys just kind of milling around. And do you remember the mayor brothers? Yeah, Jeff, John. And yeah. Jeff. Which one was the photographer? I believe John. Yeah, he was a photographer for I can't remember if it was the exponent or the journal courier, but I recognized him and went up and was talking to him. And I said, I read in the exponent that this was going on. I said, how'd you hear about it? And he said, I heard it on Z96. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. So we started polling and everybody who was there were there heard just because they heard about it on Z96. Z96, yep. So there's, these guys are milling around and so, well, you, well, what do you want to do? I got a sick pack. Suppose we should start chanting. And I'm thinking, oh boy, this is really rousing. Yeah. And they're going, you know, they're, they're chanting, Iran sucks, Iran sucks. And come out against Khomeini, come out against Khomeini. And somebody brings firecrackers. Oh, God. And they're walking around campus for probably about a half an hour. And then people start making fun of them and they disperse. Well, that night I go back to the station and I've got the recordings of the chanting and the fireworks. So I set it up with the chanting behind me and me speaking loud about the protests. So the sound, I mean, it really there sounded was like it was huge. <laughs> ABC Radio oh, yeah. Network led with it Are all the next serious? morning. I was on every uh, ABC Radio station in the United States. Oh, my goodness. And it was just because of the great sound and because we manufactured the story. Yes. That happens more than what you realize. Yeah. It, like you know, that. I guess. Like you know, like uh, you see the morning people, the morning shows, or whatever. I don't know if that's even what I'm liking it to, but whatever I think that kept annoying me about this movie was that they were legitimately trying to get people aware of what was going to happen. And at one point in time, there was a certain amount of time that they could have sent like the anti-asteroid rocket, but they ignored that because. People never got the story. The newscasters thought it was like funny. Ha ha. Oh, yeah. These things come around all the time. They always say they're going to be dangerous and then nothing happens. And they like miss they all do the storms. Yeah. It's like you hear a lot of people say that. Well, I don't even watch the news anymore. It's not the news. It's whatever they want to publish or whatever. And to a certain degree, they're right. But it's just like 
but it's sort of like what Facebook <laughs> is going through now because I don't know why it's such a bad thing with Facebook because the media has been doing the same thing that Facebook is doing forever. A lot of these people who have their images of other races and stuff, they don't know anything. It's what they show them on TV. That's where a lot of it comes from. I mean, some of these rednecks, they can't even spell Iran. And they're out there, oh, they're going to blow us all up. Where did they get that image? Pick it up off of news clips and stuff like that. I'll never forget the uh, Pee Wee Herman movie where uh, there was something going on and he wanted the cop to come and this is going on, this is going on and nothing. Then he goes, I think they're Iranians. And then they all, you know, then it shows all this massive police force and SWAT and helicopters. And it's just that type of thing. It's just that type of mentality. And I remember guys laughing about it, but that tells somebody, even in a lighthearted way, that the Iranian situation, it was a bad thing. I mean, you can't protect the world from everything, but in that sense where it was supposed to be this funny show with Pee Wee Herman in it, it was just playing up to the climate in the country at that time about how people thought of Iranian people. And, well, you know, so then when black people talk about, you know, the ancient mama pancakes and things like that, like a lot of white people don't understand why we don't want these images of us of always being subservient people. They don't understand that. Well, if that's the only image you project of us, that's how people are going to perceive us. I tell people all the time, you watch too much damn TV. You know, it's just <laughs> it's, it's not like that at all. Give me a break. At the very least, Pee Wee Herman was making a commentary on how exactly easily yeah. Suede people are exactly you know, and how yeah exactly how gullible and, we are how gullible yeah. we are. This has been Ethnic Stew, a new podcast on race and ethnic relations from the standpoint of parents and grandparents of biracial children. Next time, John, JP, and Jill continue their talk with Amy from Iran. Like Ethnic Stew on Facebook. Check out our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And coming soon on ethnicstew.com.